If you have your Bibles, open them up to James chapter 1. Today I want to talk about operating in the supernatural and the importance of the different roles and points involved with operating in the supernatural. I don't know if you know this or not, but you and I have been wired for the supernatural. Do you know that? We have been wired for the supernatural. Now, some people walk around with that wire that's disconnected, but hopefully we can reconnect it today, amen? The Holy Spirit wants me to remind all of us about some very important principles about walking in the supernatural power of God. The, me- the title of my message today is The Super and the Natural. The Super and the Natural, all right? Because they are separate, and there's different roles involved in that. So, James chapter 1, verse 22. And it says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets. What kind of man he was. This is the body of Christ. We read the word. We hear messages at church. And then we fall right back into that that pool, that sewer of the world system. And we forget who we are in Christ. Are you following me? But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and continues in it, and continues in it, and continues it is... Are you getting it? Can I stop saying that? Okay, good. And is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. If any, if any among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue or control his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Say useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this to visit the orphans and widows in their trouble, and to keep oneself, here it is, unspotted from the world. Now, I want you to notice that we as Christians are to be doers of the word and not hearers only. You get that? In other words, there needs to be action in the natural realm on our part. All right? The Word of God says that if, if we are not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, we would be blessed. In other words, it will release, say release, a blessing in our life. And here is what it is. Are you ready? That blessing is the super on our natural. Mm, you didn't hear. That blessing is the super on our natural. Right after uh, talking about releasing the blessing by being a doer of the Word of God, it talks about us uh, not bridling or controlling our tongue. Follow me. It says that we deceive our own heart when we don't control our tongue. All right? This means that our spirit man... The real you wants to please God. I'm talking about the born-again you, the one that made Jesus Lord of their life, all right? Your spirit man wants to please God, amen? He wants to obey God. But those words that are being spoken against the Word of God, we then are living from an unrenewed soul, an unrenewed mind, will, and emotions, Instead of letting our born-again spirit man take the lead. I'm talking about tapping in to the supernatural today. 
And it continues to say that if we can't control our tongue, that our religion, that we will be useless. Say useless. If we don't control our tongue, it says we're useless. All right? We're not fit for use. All right? So pure and undefiled religion before God is to visit the orphans and the widows in their trouble and to keep yourself unspotted from the world. Now, controlling your tongue. Say, I got to control my tongue. Controlling your tongue falls into the category of this. Keep yourself unspotted from the world. Controlling the tongue falls into the category of keeping yourself or being unspotted from the world. So back to the part about the religion being useless. The Holy Spirit spoke this to me. You ready for this? He said, if you can't control your tongue and the words that come out, it will hinder my power from being released in your life and those that you minister to. If we get spotted or defiled from the worldliness, it will render us useless for the kingdom of God. And the Holy Spirit said this. He said, I will bypass you, my people, for divine appointments. Say the tongue is important. If we will keep ourselves unspotted from the world and keep the power of God flowing through us in our life, the Holy Spirit will use us to be the answer to someone's prayer. You know, you can be the answer to someone's prayer. But if you can't control your tongue, you're you're on the bench. You're benched. Say, I'm benched. All right? So worldliness, the Holy Spirit revealed this, worldliness is like a spiritual tumor or a blockage on your life. Amen? It's like a spot on the liver, right? If there's spots in the liver, what does it do? It's blocking the flow through that organ. Amen? Go to John 14. I'm setting this thing up. I'm still on my intro here, by the way, so... John 14, John 14, verses 15 through 18. The super and the natural. John 14, 15 through 18, Jesus spoke this. He said, if you will, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the father or ask the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or perceives him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. We have a whole bunch of Christians walking around like orphans on this earth. They act like orphans. When the Holy Ghost is here, Come on, I I guarantee you, whoever had an orphan spirit in here today, you're feeling the love of God wrapping around you. In fact, some of you maybe even had some tears coming down because you felt the love of God in this place. Amen? Now, here it is. I want you to notice that Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit as the helper. Now, the definition of the word helper is this, a person who helps someone else. Wow, real deep, isn't it? All right. Here's, but then, no, no. When I studied this, the Holy Spirit said, no, look at the word, the definition of the word help. Oh, 
The deeper meaning is found in the definition of the root word help for helper. Here it is. You ready for this? Now, now think this. The Holy Spirit's called the helper. Here we go. The definition of the word help is defined as this. To make it easier for someone to do something by offering one's services or resources. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost. To make it easier for someone to do something by offering one's services or resources. The Holy Spirit is on this earth and living in you and me to make things easier for us. Not to make them harder. You understand that? If things seem hard in your life, you're not letting the Holy Ghost lead you. Are you hearing me? He's here to help. Not to make things harder. Come on, somebody. So the Holy Spirit is offering. I like that word offering. He's saying, here's my help. Do you want it? The Holy Spirit is offering us as Christians His services, His resources, and His power to get our mission and purpose accomplished on this earth. James 1 refers to Christians as the doers of the Word of God. And Jesus said the Holy Spirit is the helper. That's why I titled this, uh, I titled it The Supernatural and the Natural. Amen? What a catch. Now, when the anointing's on me, you can't get nothing past me. That was just a spiritual thing I wanted to show you all, all right? So, where am I? All right, here we go. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping me. So, James 1 refers to us as the doers of the Word of God. And John 14, Jesus said he's the helper. I want to drive home this point in your thinking, in your belief system. Say belief system. Everybody has a belief system. Every person has a belief system. So here we go. That dead religion has corrupted this thing over the years in the body of Christ. Here it is. We as Christians are the doers. We are the ones that initiate or start the job. And the Holy Spirit is the helper, and he offers his services or availability, his resources, and his supernatural power to overcome every impossibility in the natural realm. You know, this is a helper that's not lazy. Have you ever had someone try to help you with something and they're useless? Amen? But he desires to help us. He is the helper. Amen. And he absolutely is not lazy. This is what the Holy Spirit revealed to me to share with you today. Ready for this? The doer of the word represents the natural. And the Holy Spirit, the helper, represents the super. Hence, the supernatural. When the team of us and the Holy Spirit come together, that's when we break through into the supernatural. Amen. Every Christian should have a desire to operate in the supernatural. It is written in our DNA. Amen? We were created by a supernatural God. If you don't have that desire as a Christian, guess what? You're too filled with this world system. There are too many spots blocking your vision or humanism. Man, we have that down pat in America, don't we? We have that down so good, man. Everything is self-help. Everything is, you know, come on, somebody. Everything is, well, I can do this. Oh, oh, you have us, oh, just go to the, you know, everything. There's, there's a crutch to lean on everywhere you look in America. 
Do you know, in these third world countries, so many miracles pop off because they realize their need for the helper. Humans in general that have, uh, have that desire, really, because that's how many get caught up in the counterfeits of witchcraft, the occult, and the new age. There's something in them that craves more, that there must be something beyond this natural realm. There's something beyond. Amen? So that's why even, even sinners, those who haven't come to Christ, th- that's why Satan has counterfeits for everything. Are you hearing me? So we are the doers. We must initiate. We must do. So the Holy Spirit has something to help us with. He wants to work. He desires to move. But we have to give Him a job to do. Now, that will go against every bit of dead religion you ever learned in a denominational church. Are you hearing me, somebody? That will go against everything. All right? Many times, here's why. Because many times we are waiting on the Holy Spirit to do something and then we will help Him. But listen to me, that is backwards. That's out of divine order. The Holy Spirit said, no, you're the doer. Do something and then I'll jump in and offer my services. Are you hearing me? The best the Holy Spirit can do is this, is to show you what to do. Do you know the Holy Spirit honors your free will? He will totally honor your free will. How do we know that? Uh, there's probably someone committing suicide right now somewhere around the world. That's not the will of God. Are you hearing me, somebody? Free will is a real thing, and the Holy Ghost will honor that. Are you hearing me? So the best He can do is show us what to do, but unless we act on that wisdom... Nothing will happen. Every instruction, listen to this, every instruction from the Holy Spirit is a potential glory bomb ready to explode. Are you hearing me? Every act of obedience to the Word of God and the Holy Spirit has the potential for breakthrough, for a miracle, for a sign and a wonder. Are you hearing me? Now, most Christians don't think of obedience that way. When you think of obedience, come on, I know all you rebellious ones out there. The word obedience just makes you kind of move in your seat a little bit, cringe, right? Obedience, obey, right? Right? Come on. But most Christians don't think of obedience that way. They think of it as a burden or just as a duty. No, the ability to obey God is a blessing. You must choose Him. Amen? Listen to this. One of the most powerful weapons against the enemy is your obedience to the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. Don't, listen to this. Don't try to rebuke the enemy while you're living a life of disobedience. Oh, I said it. Are you hearing me? Don't don't try. No, what you need to change is your obedience. You need to get back in line with the will of God for your life. Amen? All right. So, I'm here to tell you that you need to change your perspective on obedience to the Holy Spirit. Say, I need to change it. Because there are glory bombs that the Holy Spirit wants to ignite in your life. Go to Luke 5, 17. Luke 5, 17. Hallelujah. The super and the natural. We represent the natural 
The Holy Spirit represents the super. If you're cutting out the Holy Spirit, you're just living a life in the natural, and it always leads to failure. It will always lead to defeat. Because we were never meant to live just on our own. Are you hearing me? Luke 5, 17. It says, Now it happened on a certain day that he, Jesus, was teaching, and there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. So Jesus was preaching the Word of God, the Old Testament at that time, and he was preaching about the kingdom. Say, kingdom of God. All right. The Holy Spirit spoke this to me. You ready for this? He said, I wanted to make it known that the power of the Lord was present to heal in that account for three reasons. Number one, the Word was being spoken. And secondly, Jesus had faith and expectation for the power of God to be released. And the peop- for the people to be healed. He said, because Jesus did that. This is what the Holy Ghost said. I was able to help with that. I was able to help with that. And then lastly, a point. He said, people had faith and expectation to receive. Jesus and the people They not only had faith and expectation, but they acted on it. And I was able to release the power to heal. If those conditions, he ended with this, if those conditions were not met, I couldn't help. Just like in Nazareth. Where Jesus couldn't do no mighty works. Are you hearing me? Now, So the Holy Spirit confirms the preached word, and Jesus gave the Holy Spirit something to confirm. Amen? Here's what the Holy Spirit said. He said, faith must have an aim or an expectation to get results. Hebrews, And then he brought me to Hebrews 11.1 that says this. He said, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things, say things, not seen. Things, specific things. Your faith needs to have an aim. Why isn't anything going right? Because you're too focused on the world, you're too focused on the natural, and there is no aim in the spiritual realm. Are you following me? There needs to be focus. Say focus. Jesus had faith for ministering healing and the people had faith to receive. Because after I read this, he, the Holy Spirit said, look at the, the passage before it. And, it. and it talks about, however, the report went around concerning him, Jesus, all the more. And great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed of their infirmities. Because the word of him Doing miracles and healing was getting out and it was building faith in the hearers. Are you following me? So here we go. The doer does what he or she can in the natural realm and then the helper takes it to the next level. The supernatural. We need to give the Holy Spirit something to confirm. Amen? So the doer or the Christian gives access to the helper, the Holy Spirit, to invade and affect the natural realm. 
If you want the natural realm in your life to be changed, you need to invite the Holy Spirit into it. Are you following me? All right. So here's the deal. I put a post on Facebook a while back, all right, that said that the enemy knows our thoughts because thoughts are spiritual. Anybody remember that Facebook post? The enemy knows. Most people think that they're being all secret, you know, just keep it not speaking, all right, right, right? They think, man, if I just keep it in my thoughts, the enemy has no idea what he's saying. Oh, yeah, he knows because thoughts are spiritual. Are you following me? Communication with the spirit realm is through our thoughts. It is communication at the speed of thought. Are you following me? When the Holy Spirit or even a demonic spirit speaks to you, he speaks in your thoughts, right? He doesn't speak through vocal cords. You hear it on the inside. Is anybody following me right now? The only time it comes, the Holy Spirit or a demon comes through vocal cords is either through the gift of prophecy or an exorcism. You following me? Amen. All right. So many Christians are taken back by that because they are always taught that the devil and demons don't know our thoughts. All right. Listen to me. Many Christians think that for the enemy to know what they're thinking, that they have to speak words out of their mouth. So they always think, well, if I just keep it in my thought life, you know, the enemy's not going to know because I'm not... you got to remember something. We're dealing with spiritual beings here. You're thinking in the natural now. Humans need to hear. You need to hear my vocal cords. You need to hear this frequency and vibration, right? In the natural. But not in the spirit realm. In the spirit realm, everything's by thought. And I'm going to talk to you more about that here. Listen, let me drop a truth bomb on you. Ready for this? The only reason the enemy wants us to put words to our negative thoughts, are you ready for this? Is for them to get permission to invade the natural realm. That's it. That's the only reason. When you put words to your negative thoughts, now, because you're legally, you can legally operate in the natural realm because you have an earth suit, right? That I lost 10 pounds almost, by the way. So you have an earth suit, just thought I'd throw that in. You have an earth suit that makes you legal on this earth, right? So the devil can't do anything and the Holy Spirit won't do anything unless someone gives them permission. So when you speak the words, it gives access to the enemy in the natural realm. That's the only reason. They didn't just learn what you're thinking when you spoke. They knew what you're thinking. In fact, they knew it so well, they put more negative thoughts in your thought life. Are you following me? So the temptation is, you're going to get so negative, now you start complaining, and the devil goes, thank you for that excess. They knew exactly what you were thinking. That's why the Bible warns against our, our, about think, wrong thinking. Are you hearing me? The enemy knows what you're thinking because thoughts are spiritual and they are a connection. Your thoughts are either connecting with the kingdom of God or the kingdom of darkness in the spirit realm. Now, have you ever been at home by yourself and you were determined that you were going to start reading the word of God, right? You didn't speak it out loud because you're home alone. Maybe you talk to yourself. I don't know. But here's the deal. You were just thinking. You were like, Man, I'm feeling good. I'm, you're kind of talking to yourself. I'm going to read the Word of God on the inside, right? You didn't even pick up a Bible yet. 
But all of a sudden, all of these, these distractions and these evil thoughts start coming into your mind. Why? Because the enemy knew what you're thinking. Before you even went to pick up the Bible. Now, you explain to me, how does that happen if the enemy doesn't know your communication in your thought life? Are you following me? Oh, they know. The enemy knew what you were thinking because thoughts are communication in the spirit realm. All right? They picked up on that conversation you were having on the inside with yourself. Now, here's, a, here's something I want to just drive home the point even more. The, we, uh, the Ouija board. Anybody ever here play with the Ouija board? If you do, you need to set up a, a deliverance session with us. Are you hearing me? Ouija boards, listen to this. The instructions on the back of a Ouija board, all right, tell you to concentrate with your thoughts. 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 Your focus. To connect with demons, basically. And then the person speaks, and that's what gives them access to move that little thing around. It's real, people, and you're opening the door to demons if you play with that. It's just unbelievable some of the things people come up with when you say, well, don't you believe the Ouija board's real, you know? And they're like, oh, no, it's, it's, it's the magnetic field with it, you know? It's demons. They spell out words. And you listen to this. People I've known who played with it, <laughs> the stuff it spells out telling them to do homosexual acts. I'm telling you right now, this stuff's real. That is of demons. So I'm telling you, if you ever played with it, you need to make an appointment. I'm telling you right now. Amen? So again, the only reason the enemy wants you to verbalize your negative and evil thoughts is because it gives them permission to break through in the natural realm. All right, you learn anything today? Spoken words give demons an assignment in the natural realm. See, if this doesn't make you watch what's coming out of your mouth, nothing will. Are you hearing me? So your spirit man connects with the spirit realm. And then your soul and body, if you're going, if you're in obedience to them or to the Holy Spirit, you're given one or the other access in the natural realm. Now, if spoken words can give assignments to the enemy in the natural realm, we can give access to the Holy Spirit and angels. Come on. And, and give them assignments in the natural realm. By the words that come out of our mouth. Go to uh, Psalm 103. Psalm 103, verse 20 here to start with. Psalm 103. Now, let's talk a little bit about the angelic realm and how it connects with the supernatural in believers. Anybody want to hear about angels? All right. Now, many people in the body of Christ get paranoid because you think, oh, you're worshiping angels. We're not worshiping angels. But we need to know all the resources that God has given believers. Amen? Come on. It even says, you know, you, you might be entertaining angels unaware in your life. Are you hearing me? That doesn't tell me that God wants us to forget about them. Are you hearing me? Right? Listen to this. Psalm 103, 20 through 22. It says, Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you his, all you his hosts. You ministers of his who do his pleasure. Bless the Lord all his bless the Lord all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Now, angels. 
or ministering spirits in the kingdom of God, the word of God tells us that they excel in strength. They're very powerful. Amen. And they do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Now, many Christians read over that so quick, you'll miss what God's trying to reveal in that one passage. All right. Many Christians read over it. Here it is. Angels heed the voice of his word. Angels heed the voice of his word. The definition, listen to this. The definition of the word heed means this, to pay attention to, to take notice of, or to pay careful attention to. Listen to this. The voice that angels give careful attention to, paying attention to, or taking notice of, are your spoken words when it speaks God's word. The Word of God says that His Word is settled forever in heaven. In heaven. But we settle it on earth as Christians. Are you following me? Why? Because we have free will and God's looking for a partnership. That's just the way it is. It's a spiritual law. Well, God can do anything He wants in the old time. Yo, ask Him. Talk. Take it up with Him. Are you following me? I'm just preaching the Word. Listen to this. The voice that angels give careful attention to, that they pay attention to or taking notice of, are your spoken words when you speak the word. We as Christians give voice to the word of God on this earth. Listen to this. Angels hear our voice. They all Angels, of course, always hear our voice. They're all around. There's probably tons of angels in here right now. Amen? But listen. But the only thing... That moves them. The only thing that gives them assignments is the voice that speaks in line with the word of the living God. That's why it's so important to know the word. That's why it's so important to speak the word. Amen. Everything else to the angels, everything else to the angels is just noise or an empty vibration, an empty frequency. Are you following me? But when they pick up your voice, that sounds like the voice they hear in heaven. When they hear the sound or the frequency of heaven released on earth, they heed it and they move into action. Are you following me? Now, even Mark 11, 23 and 24, we're not going to go there. It's the one, you shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. And if you do not doubt, but believe what you, right? We all know this. The mountain moves because of the super being invited and released through the natural realm by two ways. You ready for this? By believing it and speaking it. You getting this? I mean, we're giving, this this is keys. If if Christians will, will take hold of this and put it into practice, you will see breakthrough in the natural realm in your life like never before. Now, to believe means that you must focus on it. Uh, you, must, you must have focus or desire for what you want. You're not focusing on the mountain, but you're focusing, you're focusing on the answer to that problem, that mountain in your life, right? So here's the deal. Many Christians' mountains don't move because they're focused on the mountain and not the Word of God that can move the mountain. Now, here's the deal. So the Holy Spirit... And angels are then released to intervene to move that mountain in your life from you believing and speaking. 
Speaking is so important. That's why Christianity is not silent. Are you hearing me, somebody? Christianity is not silent. Believing and speaking. Say believing and speaking. Many Christians are very standoffish about this because they think this. They think that we are commanding angels. All right? Have you ever heard someone say that? Well, we can't command angels. Are you hearing me? Have you ever hear that before? Because it takes them out of their comfort zone. But listen to this. This is what the Holy Spirit revealed to me that will cause you to see this in the proper perspective and not from dead religion. You ready? When we speak or pray the promises that are in the Word, it is not a command, it's not a disrespectful command or a burden to the angels to accomplish it. The Word of God says it's pleasure to them. Are you following me? So many Christians think, you know, oh, well, we can't, we can't do that. We can't command it. Okay, well, listen, angels do God's pleasure when we give voice to his word. Are you following me? They take pleasure in it. And here, dead religion tells us that, oh, no, you're being disrespectful toward God. You're being disrespectful toward the angels. Not when you're speaking the word and believing the word. Are you hearing me? Angels do God's pleasure when we give voice to the word because they are promises of God. He, here's why. God made the provision for that blessing already. So we're not trying to talk God into something. We're not trying to talk the angels into doing something they shouldn't be doing. No. God, when you claim a promise in the word, you're speaking what God already made provision for. That's why it's not disrespectful. That's why you and I can boldly declare a a scripture and say, angels, go to work. Are you hearing me? Because it's not your word. You're standing on God's word. The provisions there. Are you following this? Hallelujah. Now, as long as we agree with and speak or confess The promises in the word of God, it is not a disrespectful command to the angels or to God. In fact, God and the angels are waiting. Are you following me? They are waiting. They're taking heed. They're paying attention to. They're eagerly awaiting for the believers. Come on, let me just hear the, the sound of heaven. Let me hear the frequency of the word of God and I'll go. That's what they're waiting for. So here we got a lot of unemployed angels. Because we want to focus on our mountain. Are you following me? We want to complain. We want to stay engulfed and overtaken by this stinking natural realm. When God has wired us to live in the supernatural. With the help of the Holy Spirit. Are you following me? They are, the angels are viewing it as carrying out the will of God because God already promised it. Come on, somebody. You've got to get a revelation of this today. We are just claiming it for our own life and the situation we are encountering. So don't ever, don't ever let someone talk you out of being bold, speaking the word of God and believing the word of God. Are you hearing me? Don't ever let someone caught up in dead religion make you feel like like you can't be doing that. No, no, they're waiting. 
They're waiting. If God promised it, He made the provision in the Spirit already. And He's waiting for you to to believe it and speak it. The Holy Spirit spoke this to me. He said this, The moment my people speak my word or in line with my word, you need to trust and know that the power and resources of heaven are engaged in that mission. Here's what he said. He said, the results may not happen immediately, but the process has started and is in motion. You need to hold on to that and stand in faith. Amen? Faith, you need faith when you see nothing. You need faith when everything looks contrary. That's when faith kicks. You need faith. Faith is that bridge that takes you from where where you first start over to the breakthrough. That's faith. Are you following me? Listen to this. Someone needs to hear this. The Holy Spirit went on to say this. He said, pay attention to my promptings and the voice on the inside. I will instruct you on when and how to pray. He said this, sometimes one prayer is enough. And sometimes a pressing in is needed because of the spiritual warfare in the spirit realm. He said this, acknowledge me and I will lead you through the process that will manifest a breakthrough in the natural realm. Are you following me? The best the Holy Spirit can do is show you what to do. It's kind of like that one saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force him to drink. Are you following it? You're getting a mental picture of this? All you horse lovers in there pushing it. You, you, you. Good. Hopefully that woke you up right there. Okay, listen. He went on to say this. Man, I had a lot of these words in this message. Sorry, Mr. Ed. Okay, here we go. He went on to say, don't fall into fear or worry. He said, those negative emotions will take your focus off of me and cause my voice not to be heard or my promptings to be missed. It's all about focus. Say focus. What are you focused on? Are you getting the message? We are the doers. Authority has been given to us and the Holy Spirit is the helper. I said it before, I'll say it again. Most people think the Holy Spirit is the captain. He is not. He is the co-pilot. He is the co-pilot. And guess what? He's not offended that I said that. Because it all comes down to your free will, obeying Him. And then He helps. Amen? So He is giving us guidance, but we must obey it. And when we do, he is able to step into the natural realm and help the super and the natural. When we, uh, we represent the natural and the Holy Spirit is the super. When we do our part, he will do his. It is an explosive, powerful combination of the super and the natural. Amen? We are supposed to do all that we can do in the natural and then the super kicks in. It's like this. The Holy Spirit showed me this. I even wrote this down here in this point this morning. I always read my sermon over when I wake up in the morning in case there's something the Holy Spirit wants to add. And he said this. He said, it's kind of like an afterburner on a military jet. He said, you must have the throttle in the full position before it can go beyond into afterburner. Are you following me? 
We need to do what we can do in the natural, and he kicks in the extra. Are you hearing me? Most Christians have the throttle at idle and say, Holy Ghost, move. He goes, no, no, no. Do what you can do, and I will help you with it. Amen? Are you following me? The Holy Spirit spoke this to me. You must, here it is, you must come to the end of your flesh before the super kicks in. You need to know and understand that you need me, you need my super to put you over the top into victory. Immediately what came to me was 2 Corinthians 12. Go to 2 Corinthians 12 real quick here. Almost done. 2 Corinthians 12. This is a a dandy passage that the body of Christ has chopped up pretty good. Paul's thorn. Anybody want to hear about Paul's thorn? Why not? Let's kill some sacred cows. I've already been drowning some horses in here. So let's kill some sacred cows. Amen? Glory to God. All right, here we go. 2 Corinthians 12. Verse 7 through 10. Oh, we're doing great on time. Okay, here we go. It says this. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, and a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness." Therefore, most gladly, I will boast in my infirmities. Man, the enemy has twisted this so much. Listen, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. The Holy Spirit said we need to come to the end of ourselves, right? Now listen to this. So this is Paul's thorn in the flesh. It would, let me just say right off the bat, this was not a sickness, this was not a disease, this was not a physical infirmity. The word infirmity in this passage means simply this, in a, an inability to produce results. An inability to produce results on your own. All right? This was a messenger of Satan. This doesn't say this was a messenger from God. Are you hearing me? This was a messenger of Satan. This was a demon spirit that went around and stirred up persecution everywhere Paul went to minister. All right? Paul was receiving so much revelation that the devil was trying to stop him and knock him down. This thing was not from God. These attacks. Now, That doesn't make any sense to me. Listen to this. It wouldn't make any sense that God would be giving Paul revelations and then punishing him for it. Now, do you not see Satan's fingerprints all over that teaching? Oh, here you go, Paul. (laughs) There's a revelation. Go get him, boys. Are you kidding me? The devil and God are not partners. You're following me here? They are not partners in crime. Amen. Now listen to me. The, the, the revelation was causing Paul to become a bigger threat to Satan's kingdom. The devil hates when you get revelation. The devil hates it. What's the greatest revelation we can get? That Jesus, you are the Christ. The devil hates when we get revelation. So 
So he was becoming a bigger threat to Satan's kingdom. So the messenger of Satan was assigned to Paul to try to stop him. Paul did not have a pride problem. Hello, somebody. The devil had a problem with the revelation against his evil kingdom. Are you following me? So many say, you'll hear some people say, oh, well, Paul had an eye disease. Oh, Paul had an eye infirmity. Well, listen to this. If he had something wrong with his eye, it was probably from getting the snot kicked out of him from the persecution. It was not a disease or an infirmity. Are you following me? Why? Listen. Now, someone say, well, God didn't take it away. You ready for this? Many say, you know, why didn't God take this thorn away? Are you ready for this? Because we were never promised to be delivered from persecution for preaching the gospel. I don't know if you know it or not, but there are people dying for their faith right now in many countries. Are you hearing me? The word of God, however, is full of promises for healing. And that's how we know it was not a sickness or a disease or a physical infirmity because God would be going against himself. Right? You follow me? But we were never, we were never promised to be delivered from persecution for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. All right? So what I really want to focus on in this is this, is that God said, my strength is made perfect in weakness. When we come to the end of ourselves and admit it, that's when his strength and power kicks in. That's what the Holy Spirit meant by, you must come to the end of your flesh. Are you hearing me? Oh, it's getting mighty quiet in this church right now. It's a pin drop right here. Oh, wow, that was loud. Oh, Listen to this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Christ is, of course, talking about Jesus, but it is also talking about his anointing, the Holy Spirit, the power of God. Kenneth Copeland says it this way. Oh, you don't like Kenneth Copeland? Too bad. Listen to this. Listen to this. The anointed one and his anointing. The anointed one and his anointing. Are you hearing me? We can do all things through Christ. Notice we can do all things in the natural. And then the Holy Spirit adds the super. Are you following me? We can do all things with the help of the Holy Spirit. So take those self-help books away and boot them and start reading the word of God. Are you hearing me? We need to know that we need him. We need to maintain a humble heart before him. The word of God says that God resists the proud, but gives grace or favor or strength or power to overcome to the humble. Amen. If God resists or pushes away or makes the way hard for Christians with pride, because that verse is talking about Christians. You do know that, don't you? That's not talk to the unbeliever. The unbeliever, they're the child of the devil. Amen. This is God saying, man, I got some disobedient children here. All right, you're going to be prideful? Fine. You want to do it on your own? Your way is going to be hard. Are you following me? But God resists or pushes away or makes the way hard for those Christians with pride. But he will embrace those that are humble, those who are teachable. Amen? If I just felt this. If you felt the presence of God in here today, you have a humble heart. You are open to him. You are teachable. Are you following me? If we're going to walk in the supernatural on this earth, we must consistently keep the word of God and the Holy Spirit in our thought life. They must be our focus. Now, I'm going to end it on this. 
the Holy Spirit showed me something about, about us walking in the supernatural. And, and, and I'm just going to give points. I'm not going to go deep, deep into it, but it gives you something to meditate on through the week. Amen. The Holy Spirit brought the tabernacle to my remembrance. All right. The tabernacle had the outer court, the inner court, and the Holy of Holies. The Holy Spirit said all three must be accessed or affected in, in our life to get to the place of living a supernatural life. Now, what do I mean by that? Here we go. The outer core is our physical body. It represents the flesh. It represents the sins of the flesh. It must be surrendered to the Word of God and, and the flesh uh, and overcome the world. We must be dead to our fleshly desires and be alive unto God. That is the first thing that needs to be dealt with. If you want to live a supernatural life, that must be dealt with in your life. If it's not, you will never move to the next step of the inner court. Amen? The outer court deals with the sins of the flesh. Next, the inner court represents your soul, mind, will, and emotions. All right? This is where your mind is renewed with the Word of God, and your will turns in to surrender to do the will of God. It's a thought change. You, you keep him in your focus. It's your soul, your soul. Say soul. There is a submission. There is a surrender of your will to his will. Your heart aligns with God's heart. You see people the way God sees them. Are you following me? When we accomplish that, your soul begins to come in agreement, listen, with your born-again spirit, man. I've preached on this before. And access is granted into the Holy of Holies. Now, what is the Holy of Holies? The Holy of Holies represents your born-again spirit. The Holy of Holies in the tabernacle was a place where the glory was, where the presence of God was. It was the most holy place. Say holy. That is the place of supernatural breakthrough. In the tabernacle, the Holy of Holies contained the Ark of the Covenant, which carried, like I said, the presence of God. And only the priests that met the requirements could enter in. Well, we've been made kings and priests unto God through Jesus Christ. Amen? But not everyone goes into the Holy of Holies. Because they're still dealing and they're still giving into the lust of the flesh. They still have, they're still stuck on their own will in the inner court. Are you following me? Listen, if we can live from the Holy of Holies, where the Holy Spirit dwells in us, our spirit man, our born again spirit man, we will see miracles, signs, wonders, people raised from the dead, creative miracles, the glory of God. In that place, in the Holy of Holies, of your born-again spirit, man, this is what happens. There is absolute agreement with the will of God in your life. If God wants to correct you on something, you don't shut him out. You say, yes, sir, you change it immediately. Are you following me? All of the hindrances to your faith have to be dealt with. It's a place of death to your own fleshly desires, death to your fears, death to your worries. It's a place where... Uh, where truly that the scripture says, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. You know, that's not, that's talking about unity. Unity. Are you following me? Absolute unity. This process isn't impossible, but it takes three things. You ready for this? Focus, dedication to God, and your will. 
if he if if you can conquer those three things, you're going to cruise right into the holy of holies and you're going to experience the power of God like never before. Now here it is. The last thing I want to share, the ark of the covenant contained three items. Okay, the Ark of the Covenant was in the Holy of Holies. It created, uh, contained three items. It was this, a golden pot that contained manna, which represents supernatural provision. It contained Aaron's rod that budded. That represents the natural combined with the super. And the tablets of the covenant or the Ten Commandments, which God still needed Moses to go up that mountain and give it to him so he could release it. Do you see the partnership between God and man contained even in the Ark of the Covenant? All three items in the Ark represent a connection between the super and the natural. The super stepping in to influence the natural realm. Church, listen, we need to break through the outer court and into the inner court and then fully into the Holy of Holies. Amen? Amen. We need to keep ourselves unspotted from the world, focused on the Word of God, focused on the Holy Spirit. He will guide us. He said, if you will acknowledge me, I will lead and guide you. That means you're constantly asking him. You're keeping him in your thought life with everything you do. Are you following me? The Holy Spirit is ready and willing. He is waiting for you to do so he can uh, he is waiting for you to do and obey so he can break through to be your helper. So let's team up with the Holy Spirit. Release his services. Release his heavenly resources and power in our life. Amen. Let's stand up in this place. We need to allow and invite him to put his super in our natural. That I'm telling you right now. I know I said a lot. That was a lot. But listen to it online afterwards. (laughs) But the Holy Spirit had something for you to take hold of. Maybe that was your key that you're missing. Take hold of that key and meditate on that. Amen? Now, maybe there's someone in here you've never made Jesus Lord of your life. Your daddy's the devil. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. Right? If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I want you to come forward this morning at the end here when I close. And let's give you a new birthday. Become born again. Amen. God loves you so much. And you don't know when you're going to take your last breath on this earth. Amen. So don't leave here without making Jesus Lord of your life. Maybe you've been a Christian for a while, but you've fallen away. In fact, if you died right now, you don't even know if you would go to heaven. You need to come up here and let's rededicate your life. Let's just settle it once and for all and leave here with a clear conscience. Amen? Now, maybe in this place you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. Let me tell you right now, if you want to tap into the supernatural, that is not optional. That is a requirement. Jesus said, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. We have a lot of weak Christians walking around on this earth trying to do things on their own. And the Holy Spirit wants to give you that extra boost. Amen? Amen. To be a witness for him. So come forward and I'll pray with you. You need prayer for a healing or a a family member, anything else. Just come on up. I'll stay as long as as you want me to. But uh, visitors, thank you so much. There's a visitor's card right in front of you. Fill it out. There's a suggestion box in the back, just put it in there. Anybody, if you have a suggestion for the church, fill it out. Don't be afraid. You can put your name on it if you want. You don't have to. But, you know, we, we're always open to suggestions. Amen? We're humble around here. Hallelujah. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for coming. And God bless you. And we have a whole bunch of things going on through the week. Grab one of those papers. And who? Oh.
sign-up sheets in back and on the table by the suggestion box. If you're going to be here for the dinner next Sunday, just write your name on it so we know how much pizza to get. All right? God bless you all. I love you all. We'll see you next week. Hallelujah.